for our reading in the New Testament. And our scripture today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 19, verses 13 through 30. We'll read here today that the disciples must have forgotten what Jesus had said about children. Jesus wanted little children to come to him because he loves them and because they have a guileless trust in God. The receptiveness of little children was a great contrast to the stubbornness of the religious leaders who let their education and sophistication stand in the way of the simple faith needed to believe in Jesus. To this man seeking assurance of eternal life that we'll read about here today, Jesus pointed out that salvation does not come from good deeds. Unaccompanied by love for God, the man needed a whole new starting point. Now Jesus turned the world's values upside down. Consider the most powerful or well-known people in our world. How many got where they are by being humble, self-effacing, and gentle? (laughs) Not many. But in the life to come, the last will be first. Hey, don't forfeit eternal rewards for temporary benefits. Be willing to make sacrifices now for greater rewards later. Be willing to accept human disapproval while knowing that you have God's approval. 
And with that, let's begin our reading here today in the New Testament. January 29th, the New Testament, Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 30. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Someone came to Jesus with this question, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? the man asked. And Jesus replied, You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I have obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God everything is possible. Then Peter said to him, We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon His glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses, or brothers or sisters, or father or mother, or children or property, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much in return, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 10. Because the earth is the Lord's, all of us are stewards or caretakers, and we should be committed to the proper management of this world and its resources. We are not to become devoted to anything created or act as sole proprietors, however, because this world will pass away. This psalm that we're reading here today may have been written to celebrate moving the Ark of the Covenant from Obed-Edom's house to Jerusalem. Tradition says that this psalm was sung on the first day of each week in the temple services. Now, in verse 4, we see that uh, this refers to all lies, especially uh, those told under oath. How greatly God values honesty. Dishonesty comes easily, especially when complete truthfulness could cost us something. And as we get further into this Bible reading today in Psalm, we'll uh, discover something about the King of Glory. Who is this King of Glory? Well, the King of Glory, identified here also as the Lord of Heaven's armies, is the Messiah Himself, eternal, holy, and mighty. This psalm is not only a battle cry for the church, 
but it also looks forward to Christ's future entry into the new Jerusalem to reign forever. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 10, a Psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. For He laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Interlude Open up, ancient gates, open up, ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up, ancient gates, open up, ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory. Interlude. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. My child, if you have put up security for a friend's debt or agree to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride, go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off, do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. This is Justin Chesser, uh, phasing up to third phase today, and I uh, just wanted to give a short testimony. Uh, my time in the refuge has been very blessed. I'm privileged to have this opportunity to uh, be here and experience this change process with you guys. Um, It's been a long, long road to get here, but I'm truly grateful. Um, First off, starting down in Vinton County and having that opportunity to just be removed from everything and really get in touch with God. Uh, And then to move into second phase and have time to be with Pastor Doug and all the guys up there and really develop into uh, what I believe is my purpose uh, in God's kingdom and and developing into the kind of man that does the things that uh, God would have me to do. It's just been an awesome time, and um, I'm just so glad that I don't have to live the way that I used to live and that I can get to continue to uh, walk this out with you guys. Uh, But mostly I just like having my father smile in heaven. And that gives me peace when I lay down my head at night. Hey, this is Chris Beatty. I uh, just would like to affirm a couple people. Uh, Jeremy North and Kenny Bartlett, you guys have been strong influences. You're walking it out. You're doing the right thing. And I'm just really proud of you guys. Keep it up. And um, I know you're praying for me. I appreciate it. Um, James Watts. Stand firm, brother. I know you're down in phase one, but you're coming up. Um, you know, don't take your eye off the goal. Keep working hard, brother.
Hey guys, this is Pastor Don, and uh, this morning I wanted to talk with you about something that uh, the Lord has actually been dealing with me about personally, uh, and that is uh, talking too much. Um, You know, that's something that I, I just feel like the Lord has been personally talking to me about, is that I talk too much sometimes, and uh, I need to learn to uh, keep my mouth shut more. And uh, maybe some of you guys struggle with that. Uh, I, you know, if I was a betting man, I would venture to say that some of you probably do. So hopefully this uh, kind of hits home with some of you. But uh, the Lord really has. He's been talking with me about just learning to uh, keep my mouth shut more and to be a better listener. And uh, he had me looking up some different scriptures about you know just talking and the power of words, uh, the power of listening, and uh, you know what happens when we talk too much. And uh, I came up with four things that really spoke to me, 
And uh, I wanted to share with you in regards to what happens when we talk too much. Uh, the first thing that I found was is that when we talk too much, it generally ends up leading to sin. Uh, Proverbs 10.19 says, Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Uh, all of you can probably relate to that. Uh, you know, when you keep rambling on and on and on, uh, it generally ends up uh, digressing into something foolish that you end up talking about or uh, exaggerating or I don't know. I, we all have probably been there and we probably can think of someone who just, they talk all the time and it ends up, they generally end up talking about foolish stuff, uh, things that don't matter, and people generally uh, sit back and just kind of laugh and joke at, with that person and they think that they're silly, but um, those people generally don't think that that person's words are really all that valuable. So that's the first thing is that when we talk too much, it can lead to sin. Uh, another thing that I saw uh, that takes place when we talk too much is that it makes us look foolish. Uh, Proverbs 13.3 says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. And I know that every one of you can relate uh, to that as well. That, you know, there's been times in our lives where, uh, especially when we've been angry or something like that, or someone has hurt us or offended us, we've opened our mouths and said something really foolish um, that really hurt that other person uh, or maybe hurt multiple people and uh, it caused permanent damage that, you know, we, we could never take back. And... Uh, if we could learn to uh, uh, let the Holy Spirit just guide our conversations, um, let the Holy Spirit teach us when to keep our mouth shut and when we need to talk, it would prevent us from uh, doing <laughs> a lot of things such as you know bursting out in anger or, or speaking when we ought not. Uh, another thing that I found that uh, happens when we talk too much is that when we talk too much, it keeps us from being able to hear what other people are saying. Uh, James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. And uh, I think, you know, the reason why James says that is that, um, you know, if we're talking all the time, we can't ever really hear what other people are saying or where they're coming from. And, uh, you know, I think that God designed for us to listen more and to talk less because He gave us two ears and only one mouth. You know, and I, I think He did that because He wanted us to listen more and talk less. So if we could uh, learn to, you know, hold our tongues, talk less, listen more, uh, it w I think it would really help improve our relationships with other people. Uh, the final thing that I found that... Um, will be a result if we talk too much, is that it will actually lead to God's judgment. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, He said, And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak. So, you know, basically Jesus is saying that when we speak idle words that are empty and we're just talking just to hear ourselves talk, when our, when our speech doesn't really have any substance to it, you know, Jesus is saying that it's a sin and we'll be judged for it someday. So, 
you know, I feel like the takeaway for that is, is that when we speak, we should speak uh, things that encourage people, that uplift people. Our, uh, our speech should be uh, edifying and, uh, you know, our, our speech shouldn't be filled with all kinds of just foolishness, joking all the time, uh, just vain talk. And I'll be the first to say I love to laugh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with joking and telling jokes and having a good time. But I think it's just learning to uh, just be just be more serious and uh, not 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 acting foolishly all the time. So, you know, like I said, this is something that God has personally been talking with me about, and uh, you know, I hope that this is something that's ministered to someone this morning, and uh, I believe that if You'll allow the Lord to uh, help you tame your tongue. Uh, I think that you know it's gonna it's gonna really uh, add value to your relationships, and uh, it's gonna be a blessing to you. So, hope you guys have a wonderful day. Love you all. Bye bye. Steal my breath away When my back's pressed up against the wall With the weight of my worry stacked up tall You're strong enough to hold it all I will cast my cares on you
Let the past be done. 